What is up, Bitcoiners? Welcome to another episode of the Bitcoin Magazine podcast and happy holidays from the Bitcoin Magazine team over to all of you. I hope you guys are appreciating Bitcoin right now and appreciating your families and loved ones in the holidays. Um, and I'm here to introduce this week's second episode. This is a conversation I had last month with Randy Brito, one of the co-founders of Lucha Mesh, which is a mesh networking uh, protocol and uh, company that is striving to make Bitcoin more anti-fragile, more cypherpunk, more censorship resistant, and not dependent on the current internet infrastructure grid. I think you guys are going to really appreciate this interview. Randy and his team are really, you know, they're focusing on solving problems for folks not in the first world, but by solving those problems today for those folks, they are solving problems for the first world folks right now that are dependent on centralized internet providers in order to have the permission to use Bitcoin. That's something that Randy really pushes hard. Before we get into this interview, though, I want to tell you about our sponsors. It is LVL.co. That is Level. Level is a new kind of Bitcoin bank. It is not an exchange that's modeled after a brokerage service. Rather, it is a company, a fintech company that is here with the mentality that Bitcoin is money and they want to help you bank with Bitcoin. They have a FDIC checkings account where you can just plug in your USD and immediately convert convert it over to Bitcoin with zero spread and zero fees. There are never any fees on LVL.co and they have a ton of amazing features. Like I said, they are trying to help you bank on Bitcoin. So rather than being an exchange that makes money on the spread, they want to make money by helping you use Bitcoin as your everyday money, as money for your life and enable you to again get paid in fiat, turn it into Bitcoin, spend that, you know, spend what you need with a debit card, hodl the rest as BTC. Again, banking with Bitcoin with LVL.co. Use BTC media when you go there so that way they know we sent you there. Without further ado, let's just get into this podcast with Randy Brito. Mm. What's up, Bitcoiners? I'm here with an awesome builder in the space. I'm here with Randy Brito, the co-founder and CEO of Locha Mesh. Randy, welcome to Bitcoin Magazine Podcast. Thank you for having me. So Randy, we've spoken several times. I'm a big fan of what you are building at Locha Mesh. Uh, can you tell the audience a little bit about what is Locha Mesh? What are you building and why is it so important for Bitcoin? Well, Locha Mesh is an open source hardware and open source software project that we started almost three years ago. And the idea of, of Lochamesh was in the early days to enable Bitcoin transaction without internet. So for the last, um, like a last resort communication system for Bitcoin to be able to work when everything is down, like in a complete blackout, how will you be able to continue making Bitcoin payments? So that idea, and came up to my head when I realized that what was happening in Venezuela a couple of years ago, when the electricity uh, stopped working in the, in the whole country for several days, I started seeing cell phones, cell towers stop working. Even if you manage to charge your phone with a battery on a car or a, a gas powered uh, power generator, and 
you end up with a phone without any signal because the cell towers stop working after three days when it runs out also of gas. So how in that situation, like uh, the worst case scenario, will you still be able to continue transacting and doing commerce and buy things with Bitcoin? Because when there is no electricity in the whole country or when there is full uh, censorship and you cannot use any of the other uh, payment methods that exist, Bitcoin is the best tool for these situations. But Bitcoin itself lacks a way to function without electricity in, in some cases and without internet uh, accessibility at all. So in this situation, uh, a mesh network was uh, the most clear answer. And we researched uh, about project um, mesh from, from the past because mesh network is something from decades ago, but none of them it was has been successful enough or, or have the network effect that it needs for a mesh to actually work. So it was important to me that the Bitcoin uh, mesh network was not only for Bitcoin. And this is uh, important that it's not a Bitcoin only mesh network because if you don't have enough users, you won't be able to have a successful mesh network resilient enough to uh, circumvent blockades or downtimes from, from some nodes. So in that situation, I, I found the co-founder who is Luis and we, we, I, I checked with him the possibility of making this into a reality. And he told me that it's possible technically to do this. And we wanted to make it not only a, a last resort communication system for Bitcoin, but also for communications and for surfing the web, transmitting data and everything that you usually do on the internet, but in a decentralized censorship resistant way. So, I mean, obviously this is a extremely noble cause and it's something that people in the first world just don't think about because they're so used to having reliable infrastructure from electricity to internet and stuff like that. Can you kind of talk a little bit about like your history and how you were able to, you know, look at the current landscape of internet and electricity providers uh, around the globe and, uh, and think adversarially about them? Well, the thing is that people are used to things working. They have their bank accounts, they have the Venmo, they have credit cards, they have even wearables that they use to pay others. But this is not the same situation in the whole world. Most people don't have all these tools, don't even have a bank account. So the thing is that uh, a bank account is a still fiat money, it's a still control, it's censorable, it's not like cash. And cash itself is pretty weak because it is backed by the same fiat that you are using on the bank accounts. So despite the advantages that people might think cash have, there are many people who are more like cash gold uh, people and they don't like all the other stuff. But I don't like cash either because I understand the situations like in Venezuela is one of the cases that comes always as an example. You, cash doesn't work and the local currency. But if you have cash from euros or dollars that some people bring to the country and they use inside the country to pay others, now it's pretty common. You still cannot send cash over the internet if you have it. 
even if you have access to it and you are not censored or blocked from it, you are not able to send a bill, a dollar bill, or, or an euro bill or coin over the internet. And in and if there is no internet, you cannot even talk to someone to let them know that you have that cash with you so they can bring the food, for example, or, or import things because you are completely disconnected. So in that situation, I, I realized and, and I come from BitcoinVenezuela.com, the non-for-profit organization that has been teaching about Bitcoin in Spanish, uh, both in Venezuela and in Spain, because I'm... I'm located there and we've been since 2012 teaching people about Bitcoin, how they can use that to circumvent the money exchange controls, uh, foreign exchange control and capital control that are in place in the country in Venezuela for now uh, almost 10 years and 20, 20 years, I mean, and since 2003. And I've been uh, doing this through this non-for-profit organization to teach people because we don't have any other uh, interest on on people um, beside learning how to use bitcoin in the most uh, user control way censorship resistant way because we, there are many people outside um, in other projects that they try to sell you their service but their services are centralized, they are based on a website or they are based on, a, on an app that they ha you have to run on your phone, which still runs on your internet mobile phone data or your home internet connection, which I think and has been proven to be highly controlled, survived and spy on and it's censorable and it can, you can be blocked from that internet connection that you have in your house because it's linked to your ID. When you access internet from your phone, when you access internet from your computer, you have an IP and you acquire this service from an ISP that it's either government owned or government controlled through regulation and compliance. And so this is, an, uh, Locha Mesh is a project to make Bitcoin permissionless. So being actually able to use Bitcoin um, in, in the way that it's meant to be, that is uh, freedom money, um, money without masters and this is the, the the project that we want to bring that we have been working on for the past three years and we have come up with a demo of a working uh, prototype and we and we do have now a hardware that it's being finished in order to be able to sell but also to open source uh, as an open source hardware that anyone can replicate and create for their own and the idea of, of, of this device is to be able to connect one device to another in order to make a censorship resistant mesh of peer-to-peer -peer devices that connect to each other to transmit data, relay messages, and also you will be able to not only chat, but also pay with Bitcoin, sync your Electron wallet, sync your Bitcoin full node in a completely censorship resistant way that is resilient enough that if you get one node uh, down or someone uh, get their devices seized, uh, like it happens in Venezuela regularly in, in Turkey or in Russia or Belarus where people get their electronic devices taken and stolen by the government. So they, they, the idea of this is that it's reliable enough and resilient enough that it's capable of 
recovering, self-healing the network itself. So you can always find a path to deliver the message, the data, or the Bitcoin transaction that you are needing to do. So you touched on a ton of different subjects there, right? And uh, I want to tease them each out individually. Uh, but first, I kind of want to like zoom out. So really what Locha Mesh is building is a P2P decentralized mobile first mesh network. And it's a generalized mesh network. It's not specifically for Bitcoin, but it's generalized so that not just Bitcoin users, but every kind of person that needs to access the internet in a way that, um, you know, is censorship resistant or is permissionless, they can also use LochaMess. Is that correct? Yes. The idea of the device that is called Turpio, the LochaMess Turpio devices, is that it's mobile first because um, as the worst case scenarios show, if you don't have something that is mobile that you can carry with you, it's easier for you for them to find you and track you down. But if you have something that it, that goes with you, that you can carry around, that you can drive around with it, it's more difficult to uh, triangulate the position of it or the location of it. So the, the, the idea of it being mobile first, but it's also because um, in a complete blackout situation, you don't take your computer desktop with you. You take your phone. So you need to be able to connect to something with your phone that enables you to continue communicating with others and paying others with Bitcoin without internet. So why without internet and why this device is being made this way is because when uh, the internet providers are controlled by the government or either owned by the country, by, by the government itself, the state is owned, is state owned um, infrastructure. So the thing is that as we are being permitted, allowed by the government to use Bitcoin right now. We, they, they don't see it as a, a threat right now. It's not like a, a risk for their stability in power. So, but the thing is that you currently use Bitcoin in your internet connection in your house, in the traditional internet uh, infrastructure, and the data and the packets are identified as a Bitcoin data information packet that is being transmitted from your internet connection to a cell tower or, or the ISP center and then transmitted over the huge cables uh, that go uh, in the ocean connecting the continents. So the thing is that you are being allowed to do it right now. The thing is when, when they don't want you to do it, they can block you, they can censor you, they can even track you down and find you. So, you know, I'm just trying to establish what is Lochimesh? Why is it important? And you bringing up these points like, yeah, we need to be building a mobile, easy, open source to accessible internet network that's P2P. And all of these centralized infrastructure providers right now, um, it, they, they're places that censorship can happen. Um, and I, I can totally, you know, understand that. And, and I can totally empathize with that. So I guess let's just talk about um, a little bit like when it comes to Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin needs to be, its nature is censorship resistance. Its nature is permissionlessness. You, people have been trying to augment the existing internet infrastructure for Bitcoin for a long time. People have been really encouraging folks to use Tor. People have been building out satellite infrastructure to support downloading and relaying messages. Can you kind of talk about the current state of 
the Bitcoin network in terms of its ability to um, operate without the internet and uh, where Locha Mesh kind of fits into that and improves what is already being built? Well, what is currently being worked for this resiliency of the Bitcoin network is uh, unfortunately based on huge, expensive infrastructure that most people don't have access to. So uh, in, this, in, in the current existing examples, we have the satellite from Blockstream, which is a great service that beams the Bitcoin blocks uh, towards the, the, the earth, and you can sync your full node completely from it, and you can do it from scratch. But the thing is that uh, it's, it, it still needs a centralized entity to upload the blocks to the satellites in order to be able to beam them to the earth. To earth. So the, the things that you have there as single point of failure, something that currently is being allowed to work, uh, but it, it can't be blocked, it can't be attacked. So the thing of, of a mesh network is that it's resilient enough that it doesn't have any single point of failure that can be attacked. And in our case, in our case, we took the hard way to do it and we wanted it to be mobile. We wanted it to be battery-based, low-powered, long-range radio communication system in a peer-to-peer manner that it doesn't need servers, it doesn't need federated servers, it is completely peer-to-peer. And each node is capable of talking to other and keeping inf- enough information in order to deliver data and relay messages and Bitcoin transactions from one point to another by finding a path using the um, logic that we are adding to these devices. This is why we are making a specific hardware for this because we need to eat and we need it for, uh, for the network to work to be able to be capable of doing all these logics and being capable of being online for a long time. That, that's why we are why we are using low power devices that can even run with a small uh, solar power uh, panel, uh, solar panels. So uh, the other example of this is Althea Network, for example. The, the Althea Network is making a way to share your internet connection that you already have. You have a fiber cable that you have for, that you got from a backbone service internet and um, provider or, I, or your, their ISP that get to your house. And then you share this internet connection with your neighbors, but you are sharing the internet. So you are still going through the ISP or the backbone service, and which is, it ends up in a public office or a public building that has the access to the big cable that comes into the country and it's ruled and controlled by the government. So you are still sharing the internet. And, and this, is, this is useful for people who don't have access to the internet and they want to watch Netflix, but it's not very useful if you live in a country where you might not only be blocked from using the internet for what you wanted, want to use it, because people in China have access to the internet. People in Cuba have access to the internet. And in Russia, they have access to the internet, but they have access to a filtered version of the internet, or they have firewalls and, and, and proxies in place in order to filter the information they can get. 
So they are still getting access in the internet everyone else has, but they are being filtered or blocked from some content. So the, the, the idea of the mesh um, and the tool devices being peer-to-peer uh, -peer, um, in a mesh, in a censorship-resistant mesh network, the idea of it is that we'll be like in the Bitcoin network itself, we are going to be peer-to-peer -peer sharing the information between each other. So we are going to share our, my copy of the Bitcoin blockchain is going to be shared with my neighbor and my neighbor is going to share it with the next one. And this is going to be in a high bandwidth connection between uh, in, a, in a neighbor space. But for long, uh, long range communication, we're going to use a low power radio communication in order to reach kilometers long distances in urban areas and even more inside uh, outside the cities in, in, or in country areas, so more open areas. So the, the, the idea of all these and doing this in, in this hard way, it's also that if you get the Althea network antenna or you get the New York City mesh, uh, New York mesh um, project or the Auckland uh, pseudo mesh project, and you take all those uh, and create a mesh between them by adding our open source uh, firmware and open source software in order to add the logic for routing and create uh, a real peer-to-peer -peer mesh network. For With those devices and antennas, which is one of the things we are uh, also planning to do is making bigger antennas in order to reach longer distances or to go through borders between one country and another um, and be able to relay uh, information from one side to another in order to then get to a smaller uh, mesh or connect or interconnect to mesh networks. The thing is that if you have these big antennas, which are costly to uh, up to between $2,000, $8,000 for a one antenna in order to be, because it needs power, it needs uh, be able to be in information longer distance at uh, a very high um, bandwidth. So the, the thing is that these antennas are visible. You can see them on the roof of the houses. So if you are in a hostile place, if you are in a country where people are being uh, persecuted, like Belarus a couple of weeks ago, or, or Kashmir in India, you can't have a huge antenna on the top of your roof because everyone will be able to tell that you are doing something and they can't even go to your house and knock on your door. The idea of the Lodge Mesh devices and being discreet small you can carry it around and you can hide it the thing is that you can even smuggle it through the border and no one will be able to tell you can build in, build them yourself because it's not very sophisticated hardware it's something that you can buy uh, off the shelf and you can with the instruction and guides that we have on github you can build it yourself and if you know about uh, welding and you know about pcb boards you can even create a uh, your own version of the triple devices that we are going to make public. So this is the, the, wow. the more resilient way that you can think a network meant to be used uh, for Bitcoin transaction could be private and self, uh, you will be able to do self control of it. So it's going to be uh, the way that you will be able to use Bitcoin in a permissionless way, because it's important that you are uh, capable of, of executing so, less freedom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and so I guess I just kind of want to get an idea of like, 
I can totally see, you know, this world where everything is connected and it's, you know, beautiful and these big cities host big uh, mesh networking and then everyone has a mesh networking device, you know, either like a dedicated device or something that's just built into their normal everyday hardware that plugs into that stack. Um, but I guess my question is, is like, what's the incentive, right? How do we bootstrap that? And where are we currently at there in the bootstrapping process? And what do we need to do to kind of get over that, the, the chasm, if you will? Yeah, the thing is that mesh network needs the network effect. It needs uh, enough devices in order to be able to find path to deliver the data and the, the, the blocks and the transactions that you want to share or you want other like Bitcoin miners to get in order for them to mine them into a block. So for that, it, it needs an incentive and Bitcoin has its own way of incentivizing its network effects and its network to work. So we thought from the beginning on how to integrate that into running the node itself. The, we thought about the Lightning Network, but for the Lightning Network to work, you need uh, for you to for to work for you, it, you you will need uh, access like 100% of the time to the Bitcoin Network. This is something that the blockchain satellite has solved. But the, the thing is that you not only need to be able to get the latest block data and the Bitcoin blockchain in order to be able to see if someone is trying to cheat on you on, on the Lightning Network. But you also need to be able to share with other the information that you have, like the channel updates. So you need this network of devices, not only because you want to transact with other, but also because you want to share what you have downloaded from the satellite, for example. So this is going to be a service that people will be able to provide inside the Lodge Mesh and by using um, a tupio device attached to a computer that it's getting the information from the blockstream satellite, for example. So you are going to offer these lattice block service, uh, services to people around you over the LogMS network, and you're going to get paid for that. So you can also share internet connection if you have it, so someone can use you as a proxy to get the lattice WhatsApp messages that they wanted or surf a web or find some information or seeing their Twitter account so they can check what is happening in the country. So this nodes uh, will be able to provide these services to other nodes inside the Lodge Mesh and sell them bandwidth or, or, or let them sync their Electron uh, wallet by connecting to Electron server inside the Lodge Mesh. So the, the, the idea is that this services provider will get paid for that. They will going to be paid for providing this kind of services like a Bitcoin relay transaction service or getting to uh, a slush pool in order to get the transaction mined and they are going to get a cut for that. If this is the way we think we are going to be able to incentivize people running nodes and having them online connected in order to relay messages. It's kind of interesting to me how Bitcoin fixes this by breaking this, right? Like Bitcoin shows you all the areas where the internet is broken and can stop Bitcoin from working. And then, you know, it incentivizes uh, Bitcoiners to build alternatives that kind of uh, 
you know, route around those issues. So it's really amazing to kind of see you struggle and, and, and fight to build this network and to bootstrap this network. Um, I know that hasn't been easy so far to, to bootstrap, um, but it's also beautiful to see that, you know, ultimately Bitcoin is the like financial incentive to, to do this and build this. Um, can you kind of talk about like what, this fight, right? Like higher level, like, what do you see kind of coming down the horizon from governments, from the, uh, you know, restrictions on freedom, restriction on information and like, you know, I guess, you know, why are you working so hard? In Venezuela, the persecution is the everyday life of everyone there. And we suffer it ourselves. So the thing is that, this is not going to stop. They are always going to try to fight you on your attempt of getting more freedom or trying to recover the freedom they have for you. So the thing is that I see that. And uh, one of the examples is a few days ago, Spain uh, created a bill or, or updated a bill that now asks, uh, well, uh, force you to tell the government how many bitcoins and other cryptocurrencies you have. So just as the way you have to uh, report the capital or money that you have in other countries, you are now obligated to do it also with cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin specifically. And this is the same now in Venezuela where they now obligate you if you want to be a miner inside their borders of that country. You have to register and then you have to mine only in the Venezuelan government-run mining pool. And they are capable of doing this because they know who you are. They know where you live and they know you are mining or you have a Bitcoin full node there because you, not, you have no way to hide all the information that you transmit over the internet and your IP address that is connected to your ID. So I understand that they are going farther and farther persecuting people when they realize and they start affecting them that the Bitcoin is a tool for people to circumvent all the controls and all the persecutions that the governments of the world are going to be needing to do to apply if they are not already doing it in most of the places. But the thing is that they, ha they are so in-depth that they need to collect just to be able to collect, not because they are going to repay the debt that they have, just because they need to, be, to, to persecute you for them to still be, uh, how you say that, uh, to explain their existence, to, to make sense to their existence. Justify so their existence. Justify their existence, yeah. So this is something that most people don't see or feel or even suffer. But this year is different and everyone is suffering it. And if they don't realize that it's going to get worse, they are going to get caught on their lack of knowledge on how to escape or circumvent this kind of measures that the governments are going to to apply everywhere in the world and we are seeing this by 
contact tracing, we're going to see this with digital passport of people who are, will be able to go from one place to another, people who are being reported, who they are uh, meeting with, and these kind of things are being applied to everything, not only to people and their things they do, but also the money they have and how they use it. And Bitcoin is a way to escape this, but it's not in reality today with the infrastructure that we are using, which is the traditional internet infrastructure, is a half promise. It's something that it hasn't been yet uh, uh, achieved. It is still a way that needs to be built. And this is the kind of thing that we are trying to achieve ourselves and build um, from scratch because we understand and the people who has supported us understand that if they want to somewhere, someone, uh, I mean, someone in the future be able to use their Bitcoin uh, freely, they need this because they are, they, they are realizing that they are being constrained and, and persecuted or they see that in the future is going to happen to them. Absolutely. No, I mean, I, I completely agree. And it's, it's just, uh, it's scary because uh, we're kind of always walking the tightrope, right? Um, is technology going to force government's hand and, uh, and render them useless? Um, or are they going to realize it soon enough and, and agitate based on what they already know? Uh, and, you know, we're constantly walking that tightrope and, and just watching Bitcoin's uh, ascendance into relevancy um, really highlights, um, you know, that reality. There's a lot of threats to freedom that are lurking, and we're seeing them really rear their head these days, especially with uh, uh, coronavirus and COVID-19 lockdowns. Um, We see that every single government is willing to do what it takes, right? Um, So, I mean, what can Bitcoiners listening to this do about it, right? How can they take action and start to build a more robust, a more resilient network for Bitcoin and other communications? We think that the way we we took and the project that we have now spent most of our life on the past three years and Bitcoin for almost 10 years now, myself and others too, is the, is the path that we have to, to continue walking. This is the things that we need to continue working on. And in our case, we now have the hardest money ever invented, but it's in the current situation is still usable. But to be sincere, is not unconfiscatable, is not uncensorable. It is still pseudonymous. Like, like, luckily, Bitcoin is still pseudonymous. But being pseudonymous is not the same as being anonymous, which is what Bitcoin is going to need for its fungibility. And for it to actually work, it's going to be needed in the future. And this is the kind of thing that we are working on. This is why we are working on open source software and open source hardware because we want everyone to be able to build this on their on their own and in a way that they can even hide themselves that they are even using it because if you buy the triple device for now there is some record somewhere that you have it 
you receive it or it was shipped to you or you pay with it for it with Bitcoin over the internet of your house somehow it's going to be connected to you. The idea of, of the Lochamesh is that you will be able to build this device if you are not capable of buying it in a secure way or, or safe way for you. And we are going to teach you, we're going to help you. And the, the, the things that you, uh, somehow we all together in the Lochamesh are going to be able to switch all our Bitcoin related communication and all our communication that we want to be private and we want them to be anonymous to happen inside the Lochamesh. So we are going to have Electron server, we're going to have Bitcoin full nodes, we're going to have uh, miners and everyone running inside the Lochamesh with a triple device or a RPI radio model connected to their computers and or attached to a Raspberry Pi. So the, the things that everyone will uh, need to realize sometime hopefully soon is that if we continue using Bitcoin as we are doing today, sometime in the future we are going to get block censor or persecuted or, or even jail uh, in the best uh, cases for using it because they don't want us to get out of their system their control system which is the money that they can print they can control and they can track down yeah i mean i, I think that that's a very powerful call to action and a very powerful way to end the episode um i mean one of the rallying cries for bitcoin is censorship resistance freedom sovereignty right? Um, but this is clearly a portion of the Bitcoin stack that has been very much um, underserved to date. Um, so I'm very excited to see uh, where Locha Mesh goes. I'm more, very excited to see where other mesh networking projects go and how Bitcoin helps incentivize uh, these projects and, and networks to, to bootstrap. Um, Randy, why don't you uh, give us your last word and uh, plug where people can learn more about you and Locha Mesh? Well, you can find uh, our project at locha.io and also the open source software and hardware is going to be, uh, the hardware is going to be on GitHub. The software and freeware is already available on github.com uh, slash btcvin slash locha. And I just hope that anyone who listens to the episode um, join us on researching what we are doing building what we are doing and be part of it either uh, by making uh, their own tripled devices and making the software better and, the, and, and helping us or buying devices from us in order to continue uh, funding this uh, research and, and, and development that we are doing ourselves right now. The people that have continued uh, helping us and funded us uh, understand the, the importance of it and, and why it's needed. So I hope everyone that may have any question can reach out to us on, on any of, of the social media um, where we are and uh, they can make any question to us. We have te very technical people. We have very high uh, knowledge, more high level people like myself, but we can answer um, mostly any question. And if we don't know the answer, we figure it out, we research. We have been researching a lot about this and we understand most of the products out there that are also being built uh, that we can uh, 
uh, integrate or make Lodger Mesh and those uh, other projects better. So uh, just uh, I would like just to uh, invite you all to join us in La Lucha por la Locha Libre, which is the fight for the money, for uh, the freedom money. Wait, say that one more time slowly. Uh, I need to memorize that. Yeah. It is la, la Lucha por la Locha Libre, which means the fight for the freedom money. La Lucha is, is the fight por la Locha, for the Locha or money, in this case, uh, Libre. So okay. it's freedom money, yeah. Amazing. La lucha Amazing. por la locha libre. In terms of the fight, like I'm so happy to be surrounded every day by by freedom fighters and people who are are you know taking the fight uh, into action. Excited to have you among us. I'm excited to again, like I said, uh, see where uh, lucha net or uh, yeah, locha network goes and freedom and sovereignty for everyone. That's that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. It, it would be a beautiful world if the internet was truly peer to peer. You know, that is in my mind. That's something worth fighting for. Yeah, internet was meant to be peer-to-peer, uh, private. And uh, you were supposed to be able to read uh, something on in, the internet and no one uh, supposed to be able to tell what you were reading. But we degenerated into the current infrastructure of the internet that everything is centralized somewhere in some one place, the data center. And this is what most people for years said about Bitcoin that it was going to be centralized, the mining uh, was going to be centralized and, and the storage of the blockchain was going to be centralized. And I think we can fight in order to avoid this situation also happening to the Bitcoin network. Amazing. Amazing. Well, again, thank you for coming on the show. To everyone watching, make sure to like, subscribe, share, all that great stuff. We're fighting the good fight and we're fighting for freedom and and hard money and uh, Bitcoin Magazine. Every day we're trying to share stories like Randy's and everyone else's. So help us by, uh, by liking and sharing our content. Thank you very much. A quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. Do your own research.